It's nighttime in the big city. A burly man sells factory second tube socks out of his car's trunk. An abandoned balloon is stuck in a tree. It's theme time radio hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Welcome to Theme Time Radio Hour. According to the historian Werner Keller, there are at least 80,000 different versions of the flood story that we know from the Bible. He found them in at least 72 languages. Seems like every culture has their own version of the great flood that washes over the earth. Now here at Theme Time Radio Hour, we don't like to be doomsayers. But when that many people agree on something, maybe there's something to it. But I like to think of myself as a glass half full kind of guy. I don't like to think about all the people that drowned in the Great Flood. I like to think of all the animals Noah saved. So this week, we're going to climb aboard Noah's Ark and take a look around. It's going to be a marvelous musical menagerie as we listen to songs about going by the many members of the animal kingdom. Come on, watch where you step. Noah, I want you to build an ark. Go out into the world, collect all of the animals in the world by twos, male and female, and put them into the ark. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who is this real? The word animal was first used in 1398. It's from the Latin word anima, which means breath or soul. There are more species of animals on this planet than you could ever imagine. We're going to start the show off with a song about the king. Jimmy Cliff has a song called King of Kings. On the simplest level, it's about the animals competing to see who's king of the jungle. But in truth, the animals in this song were actually representing the disc jockeys who ran the sound systems in Jamaica. The lion, elephant, and giraffe represent the top sound system runners of the day. Cox and Dad, Luke Reed, and Prince Buster. Here's Jimmy Cliff, King of Kings. The lion says, I am the king and I reign. The lion says, I am king in this range. No more kings must be in this backyard. The lion says,
That was Jimmy Cliff and King of Kings. You know, listening to it, like I believe that's a giraffe as the most dubious claim upon the crown. I mean, after all, he says that he should be king because his neck is long. That's not up there with being strong or being brave. At best, you can see above a crowd's head. Not exactly a kingly quality. By the way, did you know that giraffes have no vocal cords? And they can go an exceptionally long time without water, but they want to see a menu right away. I love that joke. I think I told it to you before. In the world about us today, there are about 500,000 species of animals, from the largest four-footed beasts down to the smallest insects. Cynthia May Carver was born in 1903 in Lamb, Kentucky. She died 77 years later in Sherman Oaks, California. In between, she was known as the beloved performer, Cousin Emmy. She played on the Grand Ole Opry radio show and then played along with Frank Moore and his Lock Cabin Boys. Frank was the guy who gave her the name Cousin Emmy. She appeared in some movies, including Swing in the Saddle and Under West End Sky. In 1961, the new Lost City Ramblers saw her playing at Disneyland. What the hell were they doing at Disneyland? But they saw her there, and they invited her to appear with them at the Newport Folk Festival. She started appearing on television with Pete Seeger and toured Europe. In 1967, she made an album with the Ramblers. But this is from a bit earlier, 1947, in a song called Groundhog, Cousin Emmy. second. It's the North American tradition of Groundhog Day. It comes from a German tradition known as Kandelmas. And in that, a hedgehog or a badger comes out of a hole and sees its shadow. If he does see a shadow, there'll be at least six more weeks of winter. German settlers came to Pennsylvania and they continued this tradition using groundhogs, not to be confused with a groundhog, which is a hog that is ground up for eating purposes. The first official Groundhog Day was February 2nd, 1886 in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. To this day, the most famous groundhog prognosticator is Puxatawney Phil. According to the National Climate Data Center, Phil only has an accuracy of 39%. For most of the year, Phil lives in a climate-controlled home in the Puxatawney Library. He's about to work at 7.25 a.m. on Groundhog Day. He's the most famous, but he's not the only one. Other famous predicting groundhogs are Sir Walter Wally of Raleigh, North Carolina and Staten Island Chuck of New York City. B is for bear and especially for the big white polar bears that live near the North Pole. 
In the zoo, they like to dive into the water, and they have a barrel to play with, and on very hot days, they dive and splash and play all day long. They don't mind the heat at all. In the Ursine portion of our zoo, we come across a song named Grizzly Bear, recorded by a number of people, but I'm going to play it, and it's my choice because it's my show. I'm going to play it by Eric Von Schmidt and Ralph Kahn. Here it is, Grizzly Bear. I'm going to tell you a little story about a grizzly bear. Tell you a little story about a grizzly bear. Well, a great big grizzly, grizzly bear. Well, a great big grizzly, grizzly bear. Well, my mama was scared of the grizzly bear. My mama was scared of the grizzly bear. So, well, daddy information on grizzly bears but i do remember that show grizzly adams that then haggerty was a good actor whatever happened to him dave bartholomew has a writing credit on this song but i think the lyrics go back a lot further i have a postcard with a poem on it from at least the 30s but dave did put a distinctive driving guitar beat behind it anything that gets this type of thought across i'm all in favor of Here's Dave Bartholomew from 1957 with the tale of morality and monkey business. The monkey speaks his mind. Yeah. The monkey speaks his mind. Now, three monkeys sat in a coconut tree discussing things as they are said to be. Said one to the other, now listen you two, 
There's a certain rumor that can't be true That man descended from our noble race The very idea is a big disgrace No monkey ever deserted his wife Starve her baby and ruin her life, yeah The monkey speaks his mind And you never known a mother monk To leave the babies with others to bump Or pass them on from one to another Till they scarcely knew who was their mother, yeah The monkey speaks his mind And another thing you will never see A monkey build a fence around a coconut tree And let other coconuts go to waste Forbidding all other monkeys to come and taste Why if I put a fence around this tree Salvation would force you to steal from me Yeah The monkey speaks his mind Here's another thing a monkey won't do Go out at night and get on a stew I use a gun or club or knife To take another monkey's life Yes, man descended the weightless bum But brothers, from us he did not come Yeah, the monkey speaks his mind That was Dave Bartholomew. The monkey sits in a coconut tree and wonders if it can be true that man is descended from his noble race. The monkey speaks his mind. A song they'll be singing 500 years from now. Maybe we shouldn't be listening to the bonbo monkey, though. It's one of the largest mammals to be found by science. The species is female-centered, and they substitute sex for aggression. They have every partner combination, boy-girl, Boy, boy, girl, girl, and they have a lot more sex than other primates. And not just for reproduction, they enjoy dinner. I mean, they're the only ones, besides man, that uses the missionary position. The Bonobo shares more than 98% of our genetic profile. They're as close to human as, say, a fox is to a dog. The Bonobo females, they run society. Violence is not allowed. Bonobos engage in group sex to resolve conflicts. I kind of miss the 60s. Here's a rock Billy Rave Up, a version of a song that Bill Carlisle did, along with the Carlisles. Joe D. Johnson is singing it, and he's a rattlesnake daddy.
Rattlesnake Snake and Daddy by Joe G. Johnson. Here on Team Time Radio Era, it's that critter call. Did anyone ever stop to figure out just how many fish there are in the sea? Well, there are more than have ever been caught anyway. It's sure we don't eat all the fish in the sea because fish eat fish. As the old poem says, great fish on little fish's feed and these in turn on those of lesser bulk. The Marvelettes weren't the most famous group at Motown, but they sure have their fans. They were the first group that late Norman Whitfield worked with when he came to Motown. And on this record, he was even able to convince Eddie Holland to help write the words to this song. Came out in October 1964. It was a top 10 R&B hit. Here are the Marvelettes and too many fish in the sea. Look here, girls. Take this advice and remember always in life. in the sea. Perhaps there's one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. There might be goldfish, catfish, cod, salmon, trout, clownfish, minnows, stingrays, groupers, marlin, sardines, mackerels, and anchovies. There's plenty of fish, but who are we to say how many is too many? You're listening to the Noah's Ark edition of Theme Time Radio Hour. Right now, I gotta play a song for you written by Bob Nolan. It's not totally politically correct, but we must remember, it was a different time. Their time was the early 30s, and Bob was a songwriter and singer for a group called the Sons of the Pioneers. They have a little song about Brandon time. We are the Sons of the Pioneers, hold that critter down. 
It's roundup time and the weather's fine, the strays must all be branded. The irons fry and the dogies cry, but the old man has commanded. So all day long I sing this song, hold that critter down, hold him down, burn his To the old cook shack we're hidden We'll throw the pie in the chink cook's eye And tie him up in his bedding Then we'll make him run to the tune of the gun So hold that critter down Hold him down, burn his high There's extra pay for every day So hold that critter down, burn his high Hold him down Round with the back pay that he owes me. Get drunk as sin with my old pal Jim and land where the bouncer throws me. Then I'll bet him ten he can't do it again. So hold that critter down. Hold him down, burn his high. There's extra pay for every day. So hold that critter down, burn his high. Hold him down. Back next day with ten minutes pay left from the check that I drew. Said, son, you're a son of a gun, but I wish that I was like you. So I'll burn hair for next month's tear and hold that critter down. Hold him down, burn his high. There's extra pay for every day, so hold that critter down, burn his high. Hold him down, you'll let it go, the sons of the pioneers hold that critter down getting the cattle ready for a cattle trail they were very important to the early economy of the central plains area of early texas back then cattle were easier to raise than they were to sell you had to get them from where they eat to where they could be eaten trail driving was an economical way to do it as few as a dozen men with a small amount of supplies and equipment could deliver a herd of 2,000 or more animals from texas to the railheads in kansas there were several major cattle trails to the north, each of them with branches in Texas. The best known of the group was the Chisholm Trail, which opened in 1867 and was named for the man who opened it, Jesse Chisholm, a Cherokee Indian trader. In 1866, Charles Goodnight and Oliver Leving blazed the trail west to reach the New Mexico-Colorado market. They called it the Goodnight Leving Trail. Charles Goodnight invented the chuck wagon about this time, using an army surplus wagon to carry food and supplies. Some of the major ranches down Texas Way, including the Slaughter Ranch, the Clayton Ranch, the Borden Ranch, that was over in Gaza County, the Halsell Ranch, the Rafter T Ranch, that was near Lubbock, Buddy Holly Money worked there one summer, there's the 6666 Ranch, and the JA Ranch down in Crosby County. Hard, honest work. What does E stand for? Why, E is for these playful young African elephants. Let's listen to them. 
famous elephant was supposed to appear on the cover of Time magazine, but Pearl Harbor happened and Dumbo got knocked out the front cover and was replaced by a photo of Japanese General Yamamoto. Dumbo is one of the best remembered animated films that Walt Disney put out. Bill Tetler was responsible for much of the animation and Dumbo's facial features were based on his son Peter. It was one of those Disney cartoons that could bring a tear to your eye. Everyone remembers the scene in which Dumbo's mother holds her young son's tongue through the iron bars of the cage and sings the song, Baby Mine. Bonnie Ray covered that song and it sounds like she's singing to the man she loves. Give a listen. Baby mine, don't you cry. Baby mine, dry your eyes Rest your head close to my heart Never too far, baby of mine Little Bonnie Raitt and Baby Mine from Dumbo. It sounds like she's singing out to the man she loves, but no, she's singing to an elephant. Another famous elephant was named Topsy. Topsy was publicly executed. Let me explain what happened. Thomas Edison was in a battle with Nikolai Tesla. This is in the 1890s. 
Tesla was a proponent of alternating current, and Edison had already established direct current as a standard for electricity distribution. There was a lot of money riding on this. Whoever could prove they had the safer form of electricity was in for quite a windfall. Edison was very aggressive, trying to discredit Tesla's alternating current. He would electrocute animals in public using alternating current. The Lunar Park Zoo at Coney Island ran a news story about Topsy, who was a cranky female elephant who had killed three handlers in three years. They were going to put Topsy down. Edison offered to do it. He was going to have Topsy ride the lightning. Condemned men in American prisons had been executed via electricity since 1890. But this was a much bigger job, and Edison wanted to make sure Topsy fell. He fed her cyanide-laced carrots. Moments before, a 6,600-volt alternating current charge slammed her body. 1,500 people witnessed it, and there's even a film that Edison released a year later as electrocuting the elephant. But in the end, all of Edison's attempts to discredit Tesla are in vain. Direct current fell out of favor, and alternating current demonstrated its superiority and became the standard. Check out the phones. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. What's your name and where you're calling from? My name is Tempest Fox, and I'm calling from Kangarata, Australia. You don't have much of an accent. I'm actually working in a club down here. What kind of club? It's a club. All right. Sorry I asked. What can I do for you? Well, a little while ago, I heard you talking about Dan Haggerty. Yeah. What's he up to nowadays? Well, let me tell you. I know. He was a bodybuilder. Maybe you saw him in Muscle Beach Party. He's in that Elvis Presley movie, Girl Happy. One of the 25 people Elvis beat up. Yeah, I knew all that. Did you know he was the mechanic in Easy Rider? Yeah. You know all about the show. You mean Grizzly Adams? Yeah, Grizzly Adams. I know about Grizzly Adams. And you know about all the movies he made afterwards. Which ones? The capture of Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams goes north. Grizzly Adams at the North Pole. From here to eternity with Grizzly Adams. And take it easy, Grizzly. I haven't seen all of those, but I've been Netflixing them. Is that all you know about him? Oh, dear God, no. He actually lives next door to me. He lives next door to you? Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a nice guy, too. We share the same gardener. He's a health food nut now. Still rides his motorcycle. And he's got one of those flags in California. The ones with the bear on them. Hanging off the front of his house. I mean, he's watching my house while I'm down here in Australia. Well, that's great. You got to tell him I said hello. Will do, Bob. Thanks for calling. Hold on, Bob. You're doing a show about animals this week, right? Yeah, I am. Could you play one for me? Sure. What would you like to hear? I'd like to hear I Am the Walrus by The Who. That's not by The Who. I'm pretty sure it's by The Who. No, Tempest is by The Beatles. The Beatles? Are you sure? 100% positive. Well, you must be right then. All those English bands sound the same to me. Can you play it for me? I'm not sure we got it here. Well, how about a song about kangaroos, then? Well, that I can do. Thanks for calling, Tempest. Thanks for talking to me, Bob. If you're ever down in Australia, look me up. Maybe I will. See you later. Here's Ralph Harris and Timey Kangaroo Danceport for Tempest dancing down in Australia. There's an old 
old Australian stockman lying, dying. And he gets himself up onto one elbow and he turns to his mates who are gathered round and he says, Watch me wallabies feed, mate. Watch me wallabies feed. They're a dangerous breed, mate. So watch me wallabies feed. All together now, tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Keep me cockatoo cool, curl. Keep me cockatoo cool. Don't go acting the fool, curl. Just keep me cockatoo cool. All together now, tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Take me koala back, Jack. Take me koala back. He lives somewhere out on the track, Mac. So take me koala back all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Let me abos go loose, Lou. Let me abos go loose. They're of no further use, Lou. So let me abos go loose all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Mind me platypus duck, Bill. Mind me platypus duck. Oh, don't let him go running amuck, Bill. Just mind me platypus duck all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Play a didgeridoo, blue. Play a didgeridoo. Oh, like, keep playing till I shoot through, blue. Play your didgeridoo. All together now. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tan me hide when I'm dead, Fred. Tan me hide. When I'm dead. So he tanned his hide when he died, Clyde. And that's it hanging on the shed all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, spot. Tie me kangaroo down. Well, that was Tie Me Kangaroo Down, spot by Ralph Harris. He's not just a singer. He's also written best-selling books. And his paintings have been exhibited in the National Gallery. He's the first artist to be commissioned by the Royal Australian Mint for designing the new commemorative $1 silver kangaroo coin. If you want to see a documentary about him, the BBC made one called A Lifetime in Paint. Some of the words in the song might be a little mysterious to you. There's wallabies. They're members of the kangaroo family. There's cockatoos. You know about them. They're big birds. The platypus also was mentioned in the song. A fascinating animal. Has a flat streamlined body. It has an elongated muzzle shaped like a bill of a duck, covered in leathery skin, webbed feet, and a tail like that of a beaver. Now get this, it also has a spur in its hind leg that could be used to inject venom into another creature. I mean, it's like James Bond. That is why they call James Bond the platypus of espionage. The platypus also has an electric bill. I don't mean an electric bill you have to pay. I mean its bill is electrically sensitive to help it find food. It can detect small electrical currents that are emanated by the creatures it eats. It's also one of the only two mammals that lays eggs instead of giving birth to live young. 
In the fourth verse of the song, he uses the word abo. Now this verse was removed because it's considered offensive slang for Australian Aborigines. They didn't use this verse in later versions of the song, and Ralph was unhappy that he ever used it. And one other word that's mentioned in there is a musical instrument. Since we're a music show first and foremost, I thought I'd better mention it. The didgeridoo is a long, slightly conical wooden instrument used traditionally by the Aborigine people of Northern Australia. It's the oldest wind instrument in the world, except for the ones Dante wrote about, and its origins may go back 40,000 years. Only one note can be played on it. It's called a drone. Overtones and vocal sounds from the person playing it give it a rich sound and countless textures. I brought mine in. I think I'll play a little for you now. That was one you could tell your kids about. Next up, text reader. He was born in Merville, Texas. Grew up on a ranch in Beaumont. Graduated at the top of his class. Majored in law at the University of Texas. And then got bitten by the acting bug. He moved to New York. And was in the Broadway production of Green Grow the Lilacs. A Hollywood producer saw him in that show. Where he also played guitar during the scene changes. And hired him to star in the 1936 western Sign of the Gringo. Texas off and running. He appeared in over 85 films and was the first country artist signed to Capitol Records. He hosted the Town Hall Party, a TV show that featured people like Johnny Cash, Wanda Jackson, the Collins Kids. He did it all. He's the voice of the animatronic bear, Big Al, at Disney World's Country Bear Jamboree. Here's Tex, no relation to Thelma Ritter, singing a traditional song called Faggy Winter Courtin'. Froggy Winter Courtin' and he did right on. Froggy went a coatin' and a heated it right, oh ho. Froggy went a coatin' and a heated right, soldin' a pistol by his side, uh-huh. Well, he went up to Miss Mouse's door in a hole in the hay, in a hole in the hay. Went up to Miss Mouse's door. Went up to Miss Mouse's door. Get away, you've been here before, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He came over in the land of Pharaoh. I'm a rat trap, penny winkle, Tommy to the rattle, but a rat trap, penny won't you kind me, oh. Took a Miss Mousey on his knee, uh-huh. Took a Miss Mousey on his Took a Miss Mousey on his knee Well, he said, Miss Mousey, will you marry me? Uh-huh mm-hmm. A little piece of cornbread to lying on the shelf And a hole in the hay and a hole in the hay Little piece of cornbread to lying on the shelf Uh-huh Little piece of cornbread to lying on the shelf If you want any more, you can sing it yourself Uh-huh
That was Tex Ritter and Foggy Winner Courtin. It's an old song. They can track it back to at least 1549, where it was referred to as The Fog Came to My Door. Edward White registered it in 1580 under the title A Most Strange Wedding of the Fog and the Mouse. A version was first published with music in 1609. It's found under many different names. The Marriage of the Fog and the Mouse, Mr. Fog Ran a Carton, A Fog He Would Have Ruined Go, The Fog and the Mouse, and The Fog's Wedding Day. Originally, the song was a satire. Queen Elizabeth had a habit of referring to her ministers with animal nicknames. She called Sir Walter Raleigh her fish. The French ambassador Simier was her ape. Well, I can see that from Saint Simeon. And the Duke de Lyon Comte was her frog. So this song wasn't just about marriage in the barnyard, but it was a scathing political satire. I didn't get that the first time I heard it. Oh, let's take a trip to the farm. Our car is at the door. We'll call on the barnyard animals that you've heard about before. Let's do a little boogie in the barnyard now. Here's Lee Jordan and the Barnyard Boogie. on the Decca recording label and one of the few R&B records I know that has a steel guitar solo in it. The Barnyard Boogie. 
After V comes W, and that's for the wolf. There used to be lots of wolves in the United States, but they only live in out-of-the-way places now, and they're not dangerous to people. Yamagama Gumaluma, this is Pete Wolf, and you're listening to Bob Dylan and Theme Time Radio Hour. We lost Waylon Jennings a while back, but he left behind a strong legacy of music. This one's from 1986, a song written by David Hildago and Louis Perez. Here's Waylon Jennings' version of Will the Wolf Survive? Waylon Jennings and Will the Wolf Survive? Well, will the wolf survive? 
Let's take the gray wolf, for example. They stand around 30 inches high at the shoulder and weigh between 70 and 115 pounds. It's in danger, it might go extinct. Between 1850 and 1900, more than a million of them were killed. But even without the shooting and trapping, the main reason why there are so few today is because of poisoning. There is no known information on gray wolves attacking humans. They will occasionally take livestock, although occurrences are rare. They used to have the greatest distribution of any animal other than man throughout North America. And not just the wolf is in trouble. I could be here all night telling you about endangered species. I'll just tell you about one more. The Pinta Island tortoise. It's the rarest animal in the world. As far as we know, there's only one left. His name is Lonesome George, and he's the sole surviving member of the Pinta Island race. The giant tortoise is a symbol for the fragility of the Galapagos Islands. Matter of fact, the species was considered completely extinct until 1971 when they found Lonesome George. Ever since then, the Charles Darwin Research Station has been searching for a female, even posting a reward of $10,000. There's an old expression, I'm not fattening any more frogs for snakes. What that means is, if you are a frog farmer and you want to have the plumpest frogs on the marketplace, and you're feeding them, the snakes come in and eat your frogs. You fatten them up for no reason. You know, like when you take a gal out for dinner, and at the end of the night, she gives you a little peck on the cheek. And then she calls me to come over. You know what you were doing, buddy? You were fattening frogs for snakes. Here's Sonny Boy Williamson putting his tail to music. It took me a long time to find out my mistake. It took me a long time, a long time to find out my mistake. It sure did, man. But I bet you my bottom dollar, I'm not finding no more frog for snakes. I started checking, I found out my downfall from 19 and 30. I'm telling all of my friends I'm not fighting no more frog for snakes. All right now. Correct all of my mistakes. Well, man, 1957, I got to correct all of my mistakes. I'm telling my friends, including my wife and everybody else, not fighting no more frog for snakes. That was Sonny Boy Williamson, and he's not fattening any more frogs for snakes. 
Here on Theme Time Radio Hour, we're talking about animals. Now, here's a couple of songs about farms in England. The first one is Jollity Farm from 1929. It's great, for everything sings out to me as I go through the gate. All the little pigs, they grunt and howl, the cats meow, the dogs bow wow. Everybody makes some row down on Jollity Farm. All the little birds go tweet, 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 the lambs all bleat, shake their feet. Everything's a perfect treat down on Jollity Farm. Regular in habit, the cock begins to crow. The old buck rabbit says I'm a dodio doe. All the little ducks go quack, quack, quack. The cows all move, the bull does too. Everyone says, How do you do? Down on Jollity Farm. Soon forget Jollity Farm. It's a different kind of farm. A song written by Ray Davies and the Sunday album, The Kinks of the Village Green Preservation Society. This came out in 1968. Didn't make much of a splash in the United States. Part of the reason for that was that the Kinks were banned from coming into the United States after their tour in 1965. No one's quite sure what they did, but they weren't allowed back in the country for four years, and they lost a lot of their constituency here. It's a shame, because their records were as good as ever. Here they are with Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. 
by the Kinks. In 1936, George Orwell fought in the Spanish Civil War. It was there he saw propaganda and the perversion of history used as an instrument of war. He believed the unchecked distortion of truth would create far worse situations for mankind than any ideological war ever could. He considered power had become an end to itself. Real power had nothing to do with the future. It was all about controlling the past. The first of his great cries of despair was a book called Animal Farm. It was a satirical fable told through the eyes and minds of animals. The animals are happy on the farm, they make a bid for power, and it all falls apart. By the end of it, they become just as bad as the farmers who oppressed them. Some of the animals meet at the window of the farm, and they look at their representatives, negotiating with the humans. The creature outside looked from pig to man, and from man to pig, and from pig to man again. But already it was impossible to say which was which. Animal Farm, George Orwell. And it seems like a good place to stop right now, because I decided about 20 minutes ago that we got to do two shows. I've been thinking about songs the whole time I've been doing it this week. When I made my list the first time, I didn't even have One Black Rat by Memphis Minnie on it. What was I thinking? You know, it was good enough for Noah to bring the animals up two by two, and I think it's good enough for us here. We got plenty of animal songs left, and I don't want to skip anybody's favorite critter. So come on back next week as we continue sailing around on Noah's Ark. We'll probably find land by then anyway. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Produced by Eddie Gorodesky and the associate producer is Anita Fitzgerald. Continuity is by Eats Martin and the editor is Damian Rodriguez. The supervising editor is Rob McCumber. The research team is Diane Lapson and Bernie Bernstein with additional research courtesy of Lynn Sharon and April Hayes, Callie Glavin, Terrence Michael, Sean Patrick, and Matthew Meltzer. Robert Bauer was the librarian, and the production coordinator was Debbie Sweeney. Special thanks go out to Randy Azrani, Coco Shinomiya, Simpsons Diner, and Lee Abrams. Tex Carbone was our director of studio operations, recorded in Studio B of the historic Abernathy Building. It's a great water park production in association with Big Red Tree. This is your announcer, Pierre Mancini, speaking. Well, it looks like we got more critters than we do time, so make sure you come back next week when we take a second look at animals. 